Dady Lady, the book club of love. Hey, Vera Elizabeth. Hi, Barbara Ann. How are you? Pretty, pretty good. How are you? Happy to see you on Zoom. Yeah, we're back to Zooming because yeah. of the coronavirus is every which where. So it turns out that you are a soothsayer. <laughs> I'm a psychic. I was totally psychic. A couple of weeks ago when we did the record for this book, for this episode, I mentioned that I was really disturbed by a speech that Trump had given where mm-hmm. he kind of sounded like maybe he was sort of doing like a dictator kind of thing where he was talking about quote unquote legal votes and saying quote unquote that he had won and that quote unquote um, he was going to be the president. Do you remember all that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that doesn't sound very good. My depressed brain is making me feel that perhaps this, <laughs> this fellow is a, is a no a no good Nick. And guess what? A coup. He cooed all over the place. He really cooed in his pants. Did you see it? All over America. He did. He cooed every which way. Yeah. So um, I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and say, and chalk one up for Vera. I'm going to say um, Vera 1, depressed brain 0. I've talked about him in my therapy because he is like, America is in a bad relationship with a gaslighter. Oh, yes. you know? yeah. That's a good way of putting it. So I'm sorry that you doubted yourself. Yeah. Um, Me too. I wish I was wrong. I wish that he had, it had just been like a funny thing, a little crazy just... thing that he was doing, claiming that he had won. But it turns out he had bigger plans than that. Uh, but he... you know what? This proves another point that I wanted to make, which is don't trust gurus or kurus or cuckoos. So why do you say that? Well, because he told people what to do and then they did it and now they're going to jail and people got hurt and um, many other terrible things occurred. And a lot of people are very confused right now because their leader told them, go uh, go storm the Capitol. And they did. And now they're just, um, they can't fly on airplanes and they're going to jail. And they're like, why? What happened? I, they told me what to do. He told me what to do. That's uh, Don't listen to people. I imagine though that Trump is probably really working hard to get them out of jail and whatnot or that he doesn't give a fuck i think it might be the second the second thing that you said not the first thing at all oh okay yeah yeah um yeah i don't i don't think he cares so that that's uh, gotta be a real tough wake-up call for probably very few people actually because yeah. they still really believe in him yep. yeah not good that's my twin site this week. I have a twin site. I was just going to ask Barbara, did you bring any twin sites with you? Check your pockets. Uh, yeah, there is one. It is that we were talking about hating people and like hating a part of yourself. You yes. know, that whole thing. I was on motherfucking Instagram as I, we talk about Instagram a lot in the in this episode, but I was on it. I found this, uh, this model popped up. And I was looking at her, I was like, what? I think she photoshops herself. Like, there was a part of her body that was super... Which part? Which that part? Was her arms. And I was trying to figure out what was up. And I ended up scrolling through her. Like, I, I needed to know. I, I needed to know what was going on with this person mm-hmm. in a way that I admit was negative you know okay I, okay sure you know what You're i'm like, saying I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna find you out i'm gonna expose you to the world for your photoshopping of your arms well i think what it was is she emphasizes her chest and reduces her waist something mm-hmm. along those lines very mm-hmm. beautiful girl mm-hmm. but you know how you get when you go oh that's not real it's not a positive thing that i'm describing yeah i'm not proud of this but okay. 
and it reminds me of, you know, what about her am I not liking about myself, you know, and it's probably, you know, here's this like beautiful lady who's got a million followers and whatever. And, and I want to find her flaw or something, mm. you know. Okay, good. Yeah, you'll show her. S- something like that. I don't we'll know. You'll show this stranger that you'll never meet. Continue. Yeah. And so I was going through photo after photo after photo and it was like five minutes into it. And then one of her posts was something along the lines of, ask yourself if the way you've spent your time today is going to <laughs> is going to serve you in the future or something something like that it was basically like hey hey barbara hey barbara f- go fuck yourself okay <laughs> i just found that really amusing and yeah it's hilarious <laughs> anyway so you have some big news for us i do we're going to be spending some time very constructively next week when we interview Dr. Alex Korb. He agreed to do an interview with us. Whee! I know. I'm so I'm, I am way more nervous than I, you know, we've been doing this podcast now for a year. We've had two guests. We had Dr. Amy Harwick, our wonderful therapist friend. And then we had Robert Green, who's also our friend. Um, for people who do a podcast, that's not very many guests, huh? For a year, right? Right. <laughs> Maybe we could see if Dr. Corb could do this podcast. That's not a crazy idea. Now I'm nervous. Like, I don't know what we're going to ask him. <laughs> he, I'm such a big fan of his books. Like, now I actually have to do some work is the point I'm trying to make here. So, oh, this is exciting. Um, oh. If anyone else out there has questions, pl- make sure you uh, send them to us, like, immediately. How did they get them to us? DM uh, or? Uh, email. Email. Datyladies at gmail.com. But you got to do it, like, you're listening to this. It's probably Wednesday or Thursday right? January 13th, 14th. Make sure you send him in because we're interviewing him on Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, exactly. This is so cool. Okay, so for Act 4 coming in one week after this one, we're going to have an interview with Dr. Alex Korb. Depressed ladies. The Bike Club of I remember being at, at university and being just completely alone, which is also kind of funny because re- right around the same time, have you read Rob Zabrecki's mm-hmm. Strange Cures? Rob yeah. Zabrecki, amazing. Um, well, he was in Possum Dixon, but he's also an amazing performer, actor, magician, coolest guy, wrote an autobiography. I read it last year. Like He, w- he went through his own stuff and would get out some of his energy by riding a bicycle around this campus at night. And at the exact same time, I was also riding a bicycle, but because I'm a woman, I had to do it in the hallways. And I, li- I lived in this dreadful big square building with this courtyard in it, university housing. And I would take some swigs of vodka and get on my bicycle and ride in a circle in the hallway as fast as I can. So if you can picture this kind of mood, you know, I would ride all, you know, for an hour and I wouldn't see anybody. Wow. If you had done that at my college in Santa Cruz, you would have been like the manic pixie goddess. You would have had boys running after you. But (laughs) yep. Well, (laughs) I wasn't. Yeah. At best, I was a. I was a weirdo. Slightly intoxicated weirdo. <laughs> uh, decide by love, not fear. Yeah. And there's that quote that's sadly a little too Instagram for me, but it sticks in my mind. It's that "What if I fall? What if I fly?" quote. It's one of those corny things that you know when you're really afraid of doing something. It's that 
What if the amazing thing that is supposed to come out of it does come out of it? You know, I've made so many decisions based in fear. I've gotten into so many relationships and stayed in so many relationships because I've been afraid to be alone, afraid of hurting someone's feelings, afraid of feeling bad about myself, afraid of blah, blah, blah. It applies to everything, investing money, taking a job, leaving a job. Yeah. Um, I don't love that analogy, though, because if you um, if you walk off a cliff, uh, you are going to fall. You're not going to fly. Unless a balloon happens to be going by. All right, then. Thanks. <laughs> no, let's talk about fear for a second. Okay. I just I just left a job that was going to go on for years that involved a show I really liked. And another opportunity came up and it's scary. And I thought I did have the idea that maybe I couldn't do it or shouldn't do it or whatever. And then I and then I didn't decide on value, not cost. Uh, the more you focus on what it will cost, the harder it is to acquire anything of value. Yeah. Don't try to make the best decision. This is maximizing, huh? The best is the enemy of good. People who always try to make the best decisions are called maximizers, and they tend to have higher levels of depression. I'm a maximizer for sure. Okay. Have you ever maximized? I think I'm less of a maximizer now that my life is just so topsy-turvy with three kids. I keep going back to the three kids thing, but it's been on my mind a lot lately because they're the only people who touch me now. <laughs> You know, look, for people who don't understand what maximizing is, just try and buy a bag of Halloween candy, a mixed bag of Halloween candy. What is this analogy? This analogy is, well, you're not going to get Reese's and Mars and Snickers and M&M's. They're not all going to be in the same bag. You're going to there's going to be a baby Ruth in there. You don't want the baby Ruth, but they're still they know they know that people don't like Starburst. So they're going to put those in with the Reese's pieces so that you have to buy two giant bags of Halloween candy. Quote me on that. Okay. All right. Appreciate that. You're welcome. Multitasking actually gets in the way of productivity. So throw all your social media apps in the toilet toilet can. Mm -hmm. And and help us figure out how we can reach you without Instagram because we're both addicted to it. And it makes us very, very sad. Do we do live Instagramming with people and just go on for that? Who is interested in a live Instagrams with Barbara and me? Would you want a live Instagram Yeah, we're us? trying to work this out. That or like a Zoom or yeah. something. Vera okay. says no Twitch because she doesn't know what it is. Yeah, that's the main and reason. So don't don't learn what it is because why do we need another? Don't, don't you need a whole new thing to do a Twitch? <sighs> Couldn't tell you. Um, buy a ticket. You can think of this as throwing your knapsack over the wall. Once all your stuff is over on the other side of the wall, then you've got no choice but to get yourself over to. This is about making progress on a goal. Um, oh, and at the end of the goals and decisions spiral chapter, there's a whole page for you to fill out imagining yourself at your best. Think about your life in six months from now. Imagine that everything has gone as well as it possibly could. You have worked hard and succeeded, etc. Now set a timer for 10 minutes and write about what you imagined. This is page 139. Mm -hmm. Those are the goals you were talking about yeah i'm so glad i didn't do this last year this is this is blank <laughs> that yeah. would, would have been very difficult oh <laughs> the next chapter eight is the mindfulness and acceptance spiral learning to accept negative feelings and i was thinking about when my first husband and i split something he said to me was you're so insecure and i could not hear that it was so painful because at that point in my life i couldn't accept that i was insecure just it just felt like on top of everything else i was struggling with the bad things in my life i thought were like people had rejected me or it was all like exterior stuff that had happened to me and mm. i didn't know myself well enough oh boy and the idea of like adding to my list of woe you know could not handle marriage was one of them you know remember like in junior high school being called conceited yeah there was like very simple terms that people use to insult you about your personality 
and you think you're good i mean now we have a much better understanding of what that language is and what it means but something like being labeled insecure was just very painful and i couldn't accept it don't don't you think you're less insecure than you were back then oh yeah but i have i had to admit it and you know start working on it insecurity looks weird some people who look like they're really into themselves sometimes that stems from insecurity yeah you want a lot of attention because that will validate you. That's, like, yes. you know, that person maybe doesn't look insecure. They look like they think very highly of themselves, but really they don't think highly of themselves. They think lowly of themselves and they need validation from outside. It's okay to be insecure. Figuring out how to fix that is a challenge. And at 27, I certainly had none of those tools. So I think that's why that was such a hard thing for me to hear. It stuck with me, you know, and at some point I was ready to address it, but certainly not then. Well, did you know that letting go of your desire to control negative events may not sound like the best plan, but letting go can be extremely powerful depending on the situation? How do you let go? I thought of breakups immediately with this one. Mm -hmm. It's a negative event could be a breakup, but if somebody's rejecting you, first of all, there's probably way more going on than you can see. But second of all, you're free. Yeah. You're free. You know if you're with that person, you're going to be sad. Who knows what's going to happen? Otherwise, when you're free, you could be happy. A million things could happen that yes. don't involve somebody who doesn't treat you very well. Well, it's been a over a year now since I've been in a relationship and I had one failed dating. Don't use failing. You're right. I had one disappointing experience with somebody right before COVID started and... Oh, I talked about that before. And it's easier said than done, especially like a year into it, because at this point, I don't know if you ever did this, but I certainly did. If I had an emptiness, I would call somebody, you know, to validate me. And I haven't done that because my standards are incredibly high right now because of the children and because I value myself and, you know, just where I am in my life. Are you talking about like mini rebound type things? Yeah, just something to take the focus off of myself and... Give a more concrete example, please. You would call like an ex and go like, hey, wasn't I hot? Well, I would start a relationship with somebody who, like the guy who had your picture on his phone, um, who said the worst thing I've ever heard to me, which you'll have to just go back and listen to. It's all in all the fucking mistakes uh, episode. episode. You know, I would get involved with people that were not good. So just time fillers? Time fillers, yeah. Yeah. When you knew that it wasn't something that was really worth your time? There's just all the stimulus that comes with that, you know, like physical, emotional. There's just the way you use your time is different. And like right now, not just because of COVID, when I see people kissing on television, it looks bizarre to me. Because I I had not not had someone to hang out with, as they say, since I was 18, you know, and it's been over a year. And that's very bizarre feeling for me. Seriously, I feel like I don't know how to be affectionate anymore. I don't know how to... I don't know if there's anyone out there, you know? I bet a lot of people are going through the same thing, though, because of COVID. Ooh, what is it going to be like when the floodgates are open and everybody in their wing-wings that, are just that's a- what I'm talking out about. and running around? The donut shop guys and the gas station, you know, that's what I think is happening. People are going, I can't, I can't wait anymore. But it, for me, it's compounded because I was single for maybe six months after the baby's dad and I split. And... Mm-hmm. Then I got involved with someone that I'd known for, you know, two decades and it seemed like a crazy thing, but we both liked each other. And, you know, so I haven't hadn't really been I haven't been single with children, you know. Have you been putting this time to good use, though? Like, have you been developing your aloneness? What does that mean? I mean, you're single, but it's sort of not by choice because of COVID. So you tell me what it means. 
I love being by myself. Okay. In fact, I think if I was in a relationship that had any tumult in it, I would be very distressed right now. I'd much rather be alone. You so know? is this good or bad right now? That's what I'm trying to figure it's, out. It's depressing. Okay. It's I, I, So what would be what would be the good version? I mean, what what is like, there's no way to d- develop yourself. I, I already love being by myself. There's so, no, you so need to practice. The, you need the, to be in a relationship. What is the, what is the non-depressing version of this then? That's just it. There is none. There's, I mean, being in a relationship, like having someone to talk to. But you just said that you got into a relationship after six months and that wasn't a good idea. No, the, well, the, the, the point of that was that I have not been single with children. This is the first time in my life I've been single with children. It's and you're just saying that you don't game. like it. I don't know how to navigate. Oh. I don't know how to navigate this. Okay. Well, let's keep reading books and finding out. Yeah. Do you know what mindfulness is, Barbara? Tell me. Mindfulness is not about what you're doing, but about how you're doing it. It's the process of directing your attention to the present moment, which includes your physical, mental, and emotional experiences while you're trapped in COVID with no partner. (laughs) It's, uh, I think it's non-judgmental as well. It's just observing what is. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that's hard. That is hard. It takes a lot of concentration to stay present since we're often ruminating on the past or projecting ourselves into some catastrophic future. But with practice, we can get better. That is a key to mindfulness. So maybe this is the practice you were talking about. What do I do? Well, you 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 read this book. Okay. And actually do these things. Yeah. Mindful breathing. I do that. I do yoga. You can graph your mood. There's a chart. Okay. Body scan. There's body scan. There's um, putting mindfulness into practice on 147. It says mindfulness can be tough. We're so used to being mindless. In fact, if given the choice between sitting quietly with your thoughts or getting an electric shock, most people would prefer the shock. I would prefer to sit by myself, but I'm getting to the point where I'd, I'd like a shock, please. You know, I was thinking about this because I, I am really comfortable being by myself, but I'm like, okay, what is the exact situation? We don't know what that is. What if they told you, listen to this, what if you're in a clinical situational room mm-hmm. and they said, okay, you can either sit here for two hours with no stimulus, or you can start shocking yourself and get out of here in 20 minutes. What would you choose? I've worked jobs where I'd probably rather get a shock than stand behind that cash register for another hour. Mm. When you put it in that context, right, doesn't that seem... I mean, I know it sounds yeah. very bleak the way they're saying it. We should look into that because, yeah, yeah. the time frame thing is a whole different situation. I'm just playing electric shocks advocate because I was wondering, like, what were the exact circumstances? Yeah. Okay, we'll have one. to look that up. Okay. We'll have to talk to Alex Korb about it. Maybe Alex Korb can tell us more. And there's also challenges with acceptance... Oh, 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 a note about positive emotions. Mm. Does this ring true at all? Often when we're excited about a positive feeling or something enjoyable, inherent in that excitement is a fear or sadness that it will be over soon. Heck yeah. Oh, God. So painful. <laughs> um. <laughs> to continue, in depression, a positive feeling like this can feel like a life preserver keeping you afloat. But if you treat that feeling like it's the only thing that will prevent you from drowning, then you're likely to have a lot of anxiety about it being taken away. You know what? I'm not going to I'm not going I'm not going to say that I ever tried any type of drug ever. I mean, cuz that's just not me. But I've heard that when you take ecstasy, it feels really good for a long time and then it starts to not feel good and then you feel really sad. Have you heard that about ecstasy? Ugh. Don't drugs like ecstasy, don't they like just drain your serotonin like really 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 quickly? Like you get a whole you bunch of the whole they, years. Worth. Yeah. <laughs> serotonin and then you're left with nothing. That sounds like this kind of. Can I read a conclusion? Yeah. If you're feeling unhappy or anxious 
or any other negative emotion, it's perfectly fine to distract yourself from it. Focus on something else, entertain yourself, watch TV, play a game. There's nothing wrong with distraction. Or better yet, try to fix the problem. Isn't that a little better than like, he doesn't mention scrolling on Instagram for four hours, but that would maybe fit in there. I do agree. Sometimes if I'm feeling really bad about something and I can't handle it, I'll just watch a movie or I'll read a book. I'll just put my head in some other space. Mm -hmm. And then when I'm done with it, I have perspective. So... The negative person in me who never picked up this book would say, that's not going to fix anything. But now I know, having read this book, that that is a small change that could add up to a big change. So he gives this analogy earlier on about imagine you take a glass of water and swish it around. If you stop momentarily, the water will still be swirling. To stop the water from swirling, should you swish the glass in the other direction? No. If you just let it be, it'll eventually settle down. The less you try to take action to fix it, the more the water will settle down. Is swishing it the other way like doing a bump of blow? Yeah, that's exactly. He doesn't say that, but that's what that's the implied subcontext here. The, tr- the, the same is true of the thoughts and feelings swirling through your brain. Letting them be is often the best approach. Mm -hmm. That's the mindfulness where you're observing your thoughts but not trying to control them. Yes. Because you can't control your thoughts. This book also says that. Yeah. Oh, meditation is so hard for me. Well, it it compares meditation to mindfulness and those are not the same things. Meditation is very hard. Yeah. That's why I like kundalini yoga before I found out that the founder was a pedophile. And if you drink yogi tea, you're supporting an organization that... Is that true? I found that out the week before we were put in lockdown in March because I guess a bunch of information had just come out and my kundalini session was the teacher going, let's talk about this. Oh, man. Back to gurus. Sorry, post-trigger warning on that one. But yeah, I'd actually, I'd read an interview. Sorry, this is a tangent, but I'd read an interview with a woman, a successful musician who's um, studied with him. And what's his name? Yogi Bhajan. Mm -hmm. And she just described him berating her and how, but she said, but it's okay because that just motivated me to blah, blah, blah. And I I thought, that guy, there's something wrong with that guy. That guy's a bad guy. And I never trusted him after that. And so when I heard this news that he really destroyed a lot of lives I was not surprised yeah. but yeah gurus back to gurus so Man, did, does anybody get into being a guru with a pure heart and good intentions the answer is no have we talked about this before because there's also you the, and I have talked about the against it. the stream guy another yogi he was like the punk rock yogi guy and don't don't go for gurus Find the strength within yourself and the minute you start spending more than like I don't know 40 bucks just pay attention hey we did a we did a breakdown where you and i were talking about like okay so people feel sometimes that if you throw money at something it's going to fix stuff like i'm going to throw fifteen hundred dollars at this weekend retreat but fifteen hundred dollars is 10 really good therapy sessions if you don't have health insurance yeah but the difference is that you have to do a lot of work in a therapy session it's a lot of work to find a good therapist and it takes time. It's, you know, that's 10 weeks right there. And it's painful. It is painful, yeah. It's nonstop effort. Yeah. And you might not feel like, yeah, I'm going to do it, as you might in a room full of other people that have also given $1,500 to listen to mm-hmm. a tall man speak in a deep voice before he jumps into a hole. <laughs> you know, because that feels exciting and that feels like, yeah. And also it's the sunk cost fallacy one more time. It's like, well, I gave my $1,500. Therefore, this is worth $1,500. I'm going to believe in it. Yeah. Should we move on? The habit spiral. Stress triggers us to enact our habits, particularly our most deeply ingrained habits. Did you know that the first step isn't to change anything, but to just become more aware of what's going on? In fact, when you identify unhelpful habits, 
The goal is not to change them. Instead, you need to replace them with new helpful habits. Again, this is exactly the opposite of vicercising. I won't sue him because it's very close to my IP. But again, replacing one habit with another habit. That's that's basically the foundation for vicercising, except that it's two terrible habits as opposed to good ones. The example he gives is a child doesn't have to break the habit of crawling. He simply leaves it and finds walking an easier way to get around. I like the list that he has on the next page. It's really funny. It bounces around. Oh, look at the list of coping habits. <laughs> Can I test these out on you? Say yeah. yes or no. Yeah. Socializing. Yes. Isolating yourself. Hell yes. Procrastinating and or ignoring. Not really. Um, Worrying, yes. Exercising, yes. Cooking, baking, drinking alcohol. Yeah. He, he um, Blaming yourself. That's fun. That can take up a lot of time. I like time. how <laughs> these are right next to each other. Meditating, dancing, yelling, <laughs> driving. No, I like to do all four at uh, the same time. So creating new habits is hard. Fortunately, the more you repeat an action, the more strongly it gets encoded in the dorsal striatum and the easier it becomes. So self-affirmations... <laughs> help with that. Another corny thing that I never thought would work, but my therapist told me I struggle with um, valuing myself. So she told me to write on my mirror, which I've always thought was really hokey, Mm -hmm. that you are enough. And I couldn't do you are enough. I just couldn't do that. So I wrote lagom, which is a Swedish word. And it's uh, kind of a way of life. And it's and where did we learn it, Barbara? When we were in Stockholm wrestling. So uh, that reminds you of a good time it when does. somebody, a complete stranger, valued you enough to bring you to Sweden to wrestle. But it also, it translates to just the right amount. Yeah. So I have Lagom written on my yeah. mirror. And it helps to see that every day. Yeah, it's crazy it, how effective that is. So if anyone is pessimistic and adverse to hokiness as I am, try it. And, you know, you can pick a foreign word. Well, you know what? On page 94 of the regular book, mm-hmm. he says, good Enough is good enough. He hey. says, yeah, exactly what you just said. Lagom es. Lagom. Hey. That's the one word I learned in. Yeah, it means hey. hello. Hey. So everyone walks into the store and goes, hey. 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 Can I go on a tangent for a second? Yeah. Do you remember when we visited the Vasa Museum? It's a museum of uh, this big warship that was built, I don't know, hundreds of years ago. And it was like a huge deal. And then they set it afloat and it just immediately sank. <laughs> so they're able to, <laughs> to fish it back out. <laughs> so they fished it back out and there's like a display and everything. And there's like artifacts and um, mannequins and whatnot. And one thing I realize, uh, this has not been confirmed. This is just my observation. <laughs> but one thing we don't think of is, um, you know, the Vikings were supposedly these gigantic, you know, scary dudes. But hundreds of years ago when nutrition was a little different. <laughs> yes, we noticed that all the doors were really tiny. <laughs> And the mannequins were like at our height, yeah. like <laughs> could look right at them. And then we had dinner with our hosts. We, they took us to a Swedish restaurant. We had Swedish meatballs. Yeah. They asked us what we did that day. By the way, I still laugh at my own joke because we were like kind of had, probably hadn't eaten or whatever. And like, <laughs> we're getting kind of pissy with each other. The museum is three stories tall and on every level you're seeing part of the boat. <laughs> and I told Vera that I was beginning to see this boat too much. <laughs> Anyway, but then so we went to dinner with our Swedish hosts and um, these wonderful women who ran. um, It was called Hoochie 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 Club. Yeah, Yeah. just wonderful ladies. And by the way, burlesque is um, you know state funded. Yeah. (laughs) um, Anyway, so they asked us what we did, and we said we went to go see it, and they said, "Isn't it amazing?" We said, "Yes," but we noticed that all the mannequins were tiny and the doors are small. We think Vikings were really tiny too, and there was just dead silence (laughs) at the table. (laughs) They did not like that. Now that is one funny story. My goodness, tiny little Vikings. Man, they really 
did a lot with a little, I guess, killing and pillaging and enslaving so many people. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dating Ladies, part three of The Upward Spiral by Alex Korb. We have one more part for you coming to you next week. In the meantime, boy, oh boy, you have made me work, haven't you? I have actually researched how you can leave stars and reviews for dating ladies it is indeed apple podcasts there's an app you can get for your iphone if you have those other kind of phones maybe i'll have more information for you next week but uh yes apple pad pod paid pod poop podcasts <laughs> excuse me there and all you need to do is touch with your finger that fifth star and uh, make sure that it's uh, the outline becomes filled and uh, then you'll have given the Duffy twins five stars why don't you go ahead as well since you were there and this is by the way after you've downloaded the app onto your phone why don't you go ahead and type this The Duffy Twins have a wonderful podcast and I enjoy listening to it because they are so brilliant, funny, and also uh, lovely. <laughs> Something along those lines. More news for the podcast. Once again, they have a brand new P.O. box and you have access to it if you decide to send them a letter. Or anything else, it is P.O. Box 121, North Hollywood, California, 91603. You also know that they have an Instagram account at Bluebell Twins, P-O-U-B-E-L-L-E Twins, at Dady Ladies, that's another option. They are on Facebook, The Bluebell Twins, and is it for this week thank you again for listening ciao bye bye nara <laughs>